Good morning, everybody. I hope this has been a very productive yet peace-filled week for you all, and that all your needs were met beyond your greatest expectations. Well, for the rest of us, <laughs> we just thank God that he walked with us through the turbulence and saw us through another week. God bless you all. Please join me in prayer as we enter the Lord's word and continue to praise him. Heavenly Father, we welcome you into this holy and reverent space. We ask that you will revive our hearts and spirits. Let us hear and act upon this message as it might be a message that, might, that we might not want to hear. May those in need of conviction be convicted. Those in need of comfort be comforted. And those in need of encouragement be encouraged. Let our hindsight pave the way for your clear vision for our lives. And may we too become or continue to be the salt of the earth, and the light unto the world as proclaimed by the good news of your Son and our Lord, Jesus the Christ, in whose name we ask this blessing. Amen. So you just heard Pastor Sarah Read that scripture, Matthew 5, 13 through 20. You know, this scripture is also found in Mark, the ninth chapter, 50th verse, and Luke 14, 34 and 35. Please explore with me today's message. Is America losing her salt? As you heard Jesus say, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled under feet. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. 
to put this lesson into context. This message is tied to the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. In verses 5, in chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, Jesus offers the blessings for those who choose to follow him. But in verses 10 and 11, he reveals the cost of following him and doing the will of his Father. And it's not cheap grace. In verse 12, he tells of the great rewards that await his disciple for enduring the persecution of the prophets who came and endured before them. In the lectionary scriptures, Jesus reminds his disciples that they are of who they are. And he reaffirms their, pur their purpose. In 13, he says that they are the salt of the earth, but he cautions them not to lose their saltiness. He basically tells them that there is no way that saltiness will be restored and they will become useless to the kingdom of God. Who seasons a stew with a tasteless season? During Jesus' time, most of the salt used in Israel came from the Dead Sea. So it was full of impurities and would lose some of its flavor. Salt is also served as a preservative. It melted ice and was used to heal wounds. So it is an excellent description of how the relationship of a believer in Christ should be toward the world. But what about this reference to light? Jesus tells us that we are also called to be a light unto the world. We are not to hide that light. That light is our belief that Jesus is Lord and Savior. But we're called to share it with everyone. Jesus tells his disciples that they may face persecution for being his disciples. As an old soldier, I reflect upon being a general's aide. When I went to work for my, my old boss, General Bliss, he talked like John Wayne. He said to me, Lacey, you're about to inherit all my friends. But guess what, Lacey? You're going to inherit my enemies too. <laughs> well, okay, that really made me feel good. So, Christians have been persecuted since the beginning of time and will continue to be persecuted 
until Jesus comes again. This message prompted me to do some self-examination and forced me to evaluate the true state of our country and our people. Are we really a country seeking to do God's will? What are we as an individual, as a church, and as a nation bringing to this situation? Are we bringing salt and light or another useless substance and some variation of darkness to the world? Our bulletin features Reverend James Lawson, a United Methodist pastor who's been called the architect of the nonviolent movement in America. Lawson trained the young people whose peaceful witness at lunch counters paved the way for the signing of the Civil Rights Bill. Do you believe that Jesus proclaimed his proclamation was not heard and practiced by those who rivaled Lawson and the people of that grassroots fight for equality? Well, Many of them professed to be Christians. Were they really the salt of the earth and the light of the world? As a key characteristic of God's kingdom, who have entered, those who have entered the kingdom must live according to its values, anticipating the reign a peace which will come when Jesus returns. The kingdom of God does not conform to the standards of this world. John 18, 36, Romans 14 and 17. So let's take a look. During a time when our country and our people we're not showing characteristics of being salt of the earth, nor were they a light unto the world. Dr. King said of this period, it's midnight in our world today. It's midnight in the social order. Midnight in the psychological order. And it's midnight in the moral order. Do you see similarities of this today? To help demonstrate the relevance of today's scripture, I want you to go with me to a book titled God's Long Summer, written by Charles Marsh. I know you didn't know you were going to get homework today, but I recommend this book, God's Long Summer. 
Charles Marsh explains the racial tension that raged during the Civil Rights Movement by showing how religion was a driving force behind the fight for racial justice. In 1964, racial tensions had come to a head, and the event that took place that summer in Mississippi culminated in the murder of three black people. Marsh chronicled the lives of five people who claimed that their involvement in the civil rights movement was ordered by God. Each of them explained and justified their actions as attempts to enforce God's law. Marsh tells us the stories of Fannie Lou Hamer, a black act activist who claimed to be working for Jesus. And she was. Con convicting the hearts of the jailer's wives by singing and praying. Sam Bowers, a leader of the Ku Klux Klan, who claimed to be following God's call to purge the world of heretics, mainly black folks and Jews. Cleveland Sellers, a nonviolent protester who became a militant black nationalist. Cleavers, kicked out of Vanderbilt denied an opportunity to finish a degree. Still fighting for racial equality. William Douglas Hudgens was a Southern black minister who encouraged personal piety. He turned his back. Reverend Edward King made it his, his mission to promote justice in social and political life. I want you to know, Hudgens and King were both white ministers who had vastly different ways of encouraging what they believed to be God's will. Marsh's treatment of the civil rights movement puts religion front and center. He chronicled the lives of these leaders and activists. He highlighted the significance of religious belief in the fight for racial justice. He also points to the significance of religion in the rise of social movements during any era, any era where there's a successful revolution, it'll be a grassroots revolution. And of course, in the words of the old song, the revolution will not be televised. But yes, it was. And we saw it. We saw it. 
We saw the dogs. We saw the hoses. We saw the beatings. We saw the hangings. We saw the cross burnings. We saw it all. This book reveals the conflict over civil rights in the South. This broadcasted how individuals on both sides struggled to justify their positions by appealing to the will of God. So let us go back and review the scriptures and determine where the salt and light is present. Is it, in, is it in ignoring the issue when you can make a difference? Or is it that one that he proclaimed to his disciples? I offer this book to your reading to season your interface with the world. The question has been asked, have you been to Hades lately? Maybe you need to go. Maybe you need to see the marginalization of those who are fighting for justice just to say, I am somebody. As Jesus spoke to his disciples during the Sermon on the Mount, he informed them who they were, what their purpose was, and what would happen if they ceased to be who they were proclaimed to be. So I'm going to give you the cheat notes. I'm going to tell you the what, the so what, and now what. I just told you the what. Jesus told his disciples who they were and what their purpose was. So what? So why is this important? Why are you telling me that, Hughes? I need a nap. Based on the scripture that we're discussing, let's elevate cases where the salt of God's people were lost and the light of God's holiness was extinguished and humankind suffered. Would you say that happened in the Holocaust? Would you say that that happened during the period of slavery? But what I don't what I want you to not leave here understanding is along with those fighting for racial equality, they were not all black. There were whites fighting as hard or harder 
than blacks. We sometimes forget that, but that's the Paul Harvey. That's the rest of the story. Now what? Based upon the details of this message, what will you do to ensure that you answer Jesus' call to be the salt of the earth and to be a light unto the world, even when others are not watching? Will we as an individual, a church, and a nation bring glory to God through our actions and our words, regardless of the world's condemnation? Will we as individuals, as a church, and a nation accept the proclamation that Jesus proclaimed over his disciples, those who chose to follow him, not just the twelve? Will we be an individual, as an individual, a church, and a nation, will we be double agents adapting our distribution of salt depending on the company or those you wish to marginalize for your own fleshly gain? Money, position, statue, power, and other things that are countercultural to the victory of God's kingdom. Is America losing its salt? It's up to us to prevent it. Let us pray. Father, thank you for giving us the breath to worship you this morning. We pray that something was said today that will begin the transformation of a life. Father, I'm troubled. And I ask, is America losing her salt? I pray that the infant America who once sought mercy, grace, and deliverance from oppression remember others as she has grown into a mature country. May she remember when she was the salt of the earth and the light on a hill, a beacon that called those who continue to seek the same freedoms that she desired most in her infancy. Give me your tired. You're hungry. You know it. You know where it's, where it's posted. Father, are we the people who compromise this country forgetting that freedom should truly be for all? I sincerely, I sincerely ask as America has America ever known this? And as a guy who spent 22 and a half years in uniform, I'm allowed to ask that question.
and me too. You too are able to ask that question too because we the people, as the folks back home say, is us. Let's self-reflect. Help us as a country and as a people to become the salt of the earth and illuminate as that city on a hill as Jesus proclaimed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.